0: The Destiny Church 217 Podcast. The message you're about to hear was recorded at the Church Conference hosted by Fivefold International. The focus of the church conference is to address the Capital C Church as a whole. This series of messages will provide insight and tools to equip the local church. In this podcast, we hear from Nathan Finocchio, who is a teaching pastor. In addition to teaching, preaching, and writing, Nathan is a worship leader and songwriter. He is also the founder of Theos U and Theos Seminary. Let's get into the message. Thank you so much.
1: Okay, have a seat. Um, oh, here we, here we go. I've got, got my little setup here. Um, I'm an unusual man in many respects. And one of the unusual things I like to do is Sit. So I find that I can think better. Um, it's great to uh, be here again. I mean, I had a great afternoon. I was just telling um, Ryan, I'm sorry, I'm just blanking, um, that um, I went to the mall because I wanted to buy a new pair of shoes, which I have on right now. Yeah. I've wanted these runners for a while. Um, and um, so I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a, of a I'm, these two weeks, I'm just kind of taking a bit of a break tomorrow. Um, my wife and I are going to drive down to the Gulf and, and just go, you know, and <laughs> just check out. So I'm going to drive uh, home tonight to Nashville, and then we're going to, you know, get in the car and take the cat, and um, <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Um, but uh, so... I went to the mall today and got the shoes, and then I saw this little place. What's it called again? Yu Yu Spa. spa? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there were these there were these absolute legend Chinese guys who were massaging people in the you know those massage chairs. So I'm like so I'm like, do me, dude. So so I went for an hour, and then I'm like, can I do a, a Do you guys do foot massages? Oh yeah. I'm like, give me an hour of those. So I am, like, absolutely at one with the universe right now. <laughs> I got new shoes on. My feet feel so good. Um, I've, I can honestly say, if anybody asked me how, how it was Springfield, i like, it was amazing. <laughs> so uh, I haven't told my wife yet because I know she's going to be insanely jealous Um but I'm going to tell her in person, yeah, I did have a sneaky little mom massage. Um, cool. Well, uh, if you're taking notes tonight, uh, the title uh, of my sermon is Sharks with Laser Beams. Sharks with Laser Beams. And we even got a little graphic. that's pretty cool. There's a, a shark with a laser beam on its forehead. Um, why, don't we, um, why don't we pray and then we're going to get into it. So Father, we thank you for your church and we thank you for your word. And Holy Spirit, there's um, so many different people here. Um, and we're all facing unique challenges in life. And we all have different stories. Um, and God, we're asking that as we open the scriptures, you would speak individually and corporately to us um, in, in that powerful way that you do. And Holy Spirit, we're, we're really here to, to hear from you. And so we're thankful that Even though Nathan is up here and he has the mic, that as we open the scriptures, we can hear, Holy Spirit, you. Like just direct. And so we're thankful for your word, Holy Spirit, and we ask you to just uh, bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Okay, so let's, um, in the spirit of that prayer, let's dig into Numbers. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you're going to know this story. This is one of those stories where uh, you just know it up, you know, like the back of your hand. And so we're going to we're going to jump in here. And um, for those of you who maybe you're not familiar with the story, uh, the children of Israel just got out of Egypt, and God just showed off, really, um, when He set the children of Israel free. And so they're in the promise, or they're not in the promised land. They're parked outside of the promised land. And the idea here is that Moses is going to pick 12 spies, one from each um, tribe, and he's going to send them in to check out the promised land and to, and to bring back you know, news. So um, so we pick up reading where they've rattled off most of the names of the spies. And uh, these were the names of the men whom Moses sent out to spy the land. And Moses called Hosea the son of Nun. Joshua, little name change we will come back to. Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many uh, and whether the, the land that they dwell in is good or bad and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds. Uh, whether the land is rich or poor. I think I have a sneeze coming out here. Be God. Okay. You know, those ones you're just like, I don't know if it's, you know, better out than in, but okay. I'm sure it's going to come back. And whether there are trees in it or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. It's funny that Moses picks, here it is, it's the seeds. No, okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Moses picks the time with the grapes. You know, he's just like, you know, I love grapes. I'm just going to send you then. Um, so they went up and they spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rehob, near Libo Hamath. Then went up into the Diab and came to Hebron. I mean, uh, Hebron is where God spoke to Abraham and said, hey, I'm going to bring you back here. Your descendants are going to own this land, which is pretty cool if you think about it. If those boys knew about the promises of God to Abraham, I, I'm, I wouldn't be shocked that at least a couple of them, maybe two of them, knew about it. Ahaman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak were there. Okay, strike one. I don't know if you're up on Frank Peretti, um, but the descendants of Anak, that is a no bueno. Yeah. Um, Those are giants. Uh, Hebron was was built seven years before Zon in Egypt. Keep reading here. And they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole between two of them. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. Uh, Maybe Moses was having some bowel movement issues. Um, So put in the little fig request there. Um, That place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. Eshkol literally means cluster. Um, The idea here is that the promised land is so good. In fact, the goodness of the promised land is ridiculous. That's the idea. It is ridiculous what God has in store for those that he loves. And if you knew what God had in store for you and what God has in store for this church, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. If, if, you, if you went into the future and you carried a little something back, it would be ridiculous to look at, right? Because that's God, that's God's heart. The Lord is always bringing the best wine at the end, right? That's who we serve. And so they carry, my wife and I were, uh, so my wife is Australian, as I explained this morning, and we were in um, South Australia um, where it, that is one of the main areas where, where, uh, in Australia where they grow wine. And so we went to these vineyards, a uh, famous um, Australian vineyard, and it was the time uh, of the grapes. The grapes were ripe. It was, I believe, in February. So it's kind of like they're August uh, because they're in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, everything's upside down. So uh, we are, we're in, there in August, and the vineyard that we went to, they had all of the different grape varietals um, out in front of the main house, just like kind of like a row of each that you could walk through and you could pick and you could grab and you could, you know, squeeze the grapes and, and taste, you know, the raw grapes and they're kind of just ready to go there. Thank you so much. That's going to help. And... Um, and uh, maybe it'll get away with my sneeze or that is, that is late to the party. Okay. So they, um, so I'm running around the vineyards and there's I think there's maybe about 14 different grape varietals that they had there. And so my wife is like over here, she's checking out the Pinot Noir, right? And I'm like over here going, babe, I found the Cabernet, you know, like, and I'm like, and I'm squeezing these grapes. I'm grabbing a cluster of the grapes. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a cluster of grapes, but typically you can get... One, they're one-handers. You know what I'm saying? And just, I'm squeezing it, and I'm like, I'm like, like a Roman god. Like, you know what I mean? Doing those ones, and the juice is just gushing all over me. And then some bees actually started to, <laughs> sadly, uh, started to get up in my business, in my, in my, in my beeswax. Um, and um, so I kind of ruined the party. But when I read this. You know, I've never seen. I've I've seen some big clusters of grapes. You know, maybe at the grocery. You know, those those the, those giant grapes. I don't know what they're called. They're like Goliath grapes. You know, they're the big ones. But it's never really more than you could hang, than one person. You know what I mean? So for, for for a cluster of grapes for two men to carry on us, it's ridiculous. And it's meant to elicit that in the reader. You know, we have to stop and 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 for a moment with in the text and go what god is bringing or rather what god wants to bring to your life and to this church is ridiculous and you wouldn't believe it unless we brought it back from the future right we'd have to get marty we'd have to get in the delorean right and we'd have to we have to get there right and we'd have to bring it back let's keep moving at the end of 40 days they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They brought they rolled in with the DeLorean. Showed them the goodness. We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk And honey, that's ancient Near Eastern hyperbole for it's fully loaded. Right? Land does not flow with milk and honey. It's just hyperbole, right? It flows with milk and honey, right? It's fully loaded. It's got the leather seats, the power windows. There's a moon roof. It retracts, right? And this is its fruit. However... The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Frank Breddy, yikes, right? So we got giants. Then you've got the Amalekites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. And as my dad says, the Mosquito Bites. You got, you got right, the seven nation army. You got some people who don't want you to be there. And it's not just one people group. There's a lot of them, okay? So do you see the, there's, there's a complexity? They're strong. They've got fortified cities. There's giants. And then there's a bunch of different people groups, right? Canaanites dwell by the sea, along the Jordan. Uh, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses. So obviously people are going, uh, what? You know, strike one, strike two, strike three, strike four. A lot of strikes now, okay? Definitely out. Caleb quiets the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and occupy it, for we are well, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, I think that Caleb is the dude who's like, let's just do it. Have you ever had a friend, right? Have you ever had a friend like that? It's like, no, let's not just do it. Let's think about it. Well, if we're, if, And I think it's important. I don't want to necessarily pit Caleb against Joshua, but Caleb seems to be more into the idea of taking the promised land for different reasons than Joshua is, as we'll see in a minute. Because Caleb is saying that we can do it, right? Caleb might just be that friend who's a little nuts and it's just like, I'm in. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, should we, you know, run? Who feels like running a marathon tonight? It's like, yeah, let's do it. It's like, Right? That's kind of, that's the Caleb vibes. Caleb's the guy who's just, he's, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there's some people that are just positive like that. And hey, fortune favors the bold, and that's pretty cool. Um, now, maybe his, his motivations are theologically motivated. The text doesn't actually really tell us here as we're reading. Um, now, let's keep on reading, though. The men who had gone up with him said, we are not able, these are the other spies, the other ten, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out saying, now, now, no, this is what I want you to do. I want you to compare this next diatribe with the first report that we read. Do you remember the first report, the bad report that we read? This one gets worse, okay? Because because these guys are, and you have to notice the difference in they begin to turn up the hyperbole here, right? Or rather, the catastrophization. Okay, that's really what it is. You, you know what catastrophization is, right? It's, it's when, it, it's, it's what I tend to do, it's what my, my wife tends to do. You know, it's like when you, there's, some, there's a problem, for example, you know, like when, 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 when the Ukraine and Russia started to get into it last year. Well, my wife right away It's like, it's the end of the world, you know, we, now we can't go to Europe, you know, and, and, you know and, and I don't even want to go now because we're probably gonna get blown out of the sky. That's catastrophization. Do you know what I mean? It's when you're just, you're just letting your imagination run wild with every possible bad thing that could happen when really, babe, it's a, con, it's a border conflict at the moment between these, it's just between these two, right? Italy's gonna be fine. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there anyways, right? It's just a bunch of lazy Italians. <laughs> I can say that I am one, okay? Calm down. <laughs> so, so, right, calm down. But watch the catastrophization, okay? The first one was fairly rational. The second one, here we go. The land through which we have gone to spy out, it is a land that devours its inhabitants. Oh yeah, because that's fairly common. Yeah, the land, the land devours its inhabitants. Good one, buddy. Right? Never heard of that. So, you know, a plus for creativity. And all the people that we saw in it are of great height. Now everybody's a giant. Right? That's a good one. No, 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 no. Dude, dude, dude. You didn't say that. You said that the sun. They were strong. You said they had fortified cities, and you said the descendants of Anak were there. You never said in your first report that everybody was a giant. Now everybody's a giant. And there we saw the Nephilim. Oh, now the Nephilim. Oh, making that connection now. Genesis chapter 6. I don't know if you've read it recently. It's pretty fun. It's a fun one. Anybody read Genesis chapter 6 recently? It's the one where the the sons of God, right, these perhaps angels or there's different readings of it. I like Mike Heiser's reading of it where it's the, the Elohim angels, these like sons of God angels and they see these beautiful women walking down the street, pretty women like they like kind of like to meet. And they're like, "Hey, I want to I want to marry that woman." And so, long story short, you know, sparks fly, emotions run high, <laughs> and they start they start creating this 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 other this other uh Group of of being, it's half angel and it's half human. Um, Heiser reckons that maybe the reason why Joshua is told to go and clear out the Canaanite land is because God's aiming at the Nephilim bloodline because the Nephilim are trying to subvert God's creation order, and so there you know there's no room for half angel half human beings right these like these these, these crazy beasts or whatever. Anyways, long story short. Different ideas. But the Nephilim, if you ask a Jewish person in the second temple period, the time that Jesus and Paul were alive, when did the world really go sideways? They would point to Genesis chapter 6. That's when, that's when things start to get crazy, right? Because then when these guys start to be alive, then murder starts to get everywhere and then God needs to wipe the this, this slate clean. Well, some Nephilim survived the, the flood. Don't, I don't know how, but, but Genesis chapter six intimates that. It's just crazy. Anyways, you following me here or you're not following me. Bottom line is we have Nephilim, okay? These crazy beasts. I don't know how we have them, Thought they all died in the flood, but they're here. And now they're a problem. Uh, They're they're loud and and they're proud. Okay. (laughs) The sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Now, maybe they're making it up. Maybe all the Nephilim died during the flood. But bottom line is is that this is what these guys are saying. So it is is in the context of hyperbole. Let's keep moving. Uh, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry. I would too. I would definitely be bummed that day. I, I would have gone and got a quart, you know, pint of ice cream, right? And, I don't know, put on a sad movie, you know, maybe Legends of the Fall. Um, I don't know. And, you know and, just, and I'd weep that night, right? Um, just eating my ice cream and crying you know, into my Ben and Jerry's. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in, that wil- in this wilderness. And God's probably like, you know, that, we could run with that last idea there. That, we, we, and we might, we might. Um, why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Now, it would not be better. No, it would not be better to go back to Egypt. You want to know why? Because there's nothing left. God just destroyed it. The water's blood. All of the crops have been eaten. Their pets' heads are falling off. A lot of pets' heads are falling off these days. It's craziness. Yeah, the Egyptians are probably harboring a little bitterness towards you. I don't know, you took all their gold and killed their, their firstborn. Um, they probably don't want to see you. Give it a rest. Maybe come visit in like 40 years. You know what I mean? But not now. Now is not a good time to go back to Egypt. This is catastrophization, right? This is, this is craziness and desperation talking here. You know, you know when you start to panic, you start to make really bad plans? Right? That's what's happening. They're panicking. They're hitting the panic button. Okay, let's keep moving. And so they said to one another, let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. Now, usually they do this when fire's about to come out before the Lord and scorch earth. Right? So they hit the deck. Imagine Joshua and Caleb seeing Moses and Aaron hit the deck. They're like, oh, oh, we're going to die. Right? So they hit the deck before the congregation the people of Israel um, and Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spotted the land, tore their clothes. So they see they see Moses and Aaron, and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be a funeral!" And so they tear their clothes they're like, "I don't want to die!" Right? So they're trying to re- whatever it is they need to repent of. It's sort of corporate solidarity repentance. Also, just like I don't want to die, sort of tearing of the clothes. Um, and they said to the congregation of the people in a kind of a last-ditch effort to try to steer this thing away from the cliff. The land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, P.S., he does. He just destroyed Egypt, right? And he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Really important verse or, or a line to pay attention to. He will bring it. Uh, He will bring us into this land and he will give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey, it's fully loaded. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Okay, let's jump to Revelation 21 verse eight and then we're gonna... uh, begin to sort of unpack this a little bit. Um, Revelation is, is another one of those books where when you read it, you kind of want to, I don't know about you, but I like to get to the end of Revelation quickly. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay, oh, but, 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 yeah, 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 Whoa, and moving right along, moving right along, moving right along. I hope I survived that. I hope I survived that. I hope I'm not around for that, <laughs> right? And you get to the end of the book of Revelation because you, you're trying to get to the good part because you're getting a little panicky while you're reading, you know, you know the, the seals being opened and people getting wiped out, explosions, it's apocalyptic, it's crazy. And so you're finally at the end of the book here and Jesus is sorting the world out, right? Like he's, putting the, he's judging the, the wicked and so he's, and, and he's dunking them. You know, into the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And so the faithless, the detestable, dunk, dunk, murderers, triple dunk the murderers, triple dunk them, God, sexually immoral, dunk, Harry Potter, sorcerers, quadruple dunk, idolaters, mur, liars. Oh yeah, people, they lied to me. Yeah, dunk them. You know, like Fauci, dunk. Kidding. Come on, come on, Nathan. Nathan, no. Nathan, stop. Nathan, be Nathan, be good. Okay. <laughs> their portion, their portion is horrible. Their portion will be in the lake, right? And you're going, thank God. Oh, oh, all of the, yes, thank you God for dunking. And, but the problem is, is that I see my name at the the, you know, the cowardly. Have you ever been, like been reading the Bible and you're like, Bible, you're the brakes, dude. Slow down, Bible. Chill, Bible. Chill. No, Bible, no, no, not the cowardly, right? I am, um, I am, I am a fraidy cat. I, I, I'm a, I have a vivid imagination and a melty heart. It's a horrible combination. I got it from my mom. So we call my mom Debbie Downer. She... She knows every statistic on how you could die at any given moment. You ever met anybody like that, hypochondriac like that? Like, like, we'll be eating Christmas dinner, and she'll be like, well, you know, 31% of people choke on turkey, you know, at Christmas. So, to so chew slowly. Chew slowly. I'm like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like she just... And we always laugh. You know, now, it used to not be funny, because, but now it's funny, you know. But she can't help. And she'll laugh. As she brings something up, we'll go, okay, Debbie. And then she'll start laughing because she'll, she'll realize that she just does it, you know. Like, she's a horrible person to fly with or, or drive with. You know, like she's always, you know that person who's just always holding on for dear life? It's like, mom, we're doing 20. In a 50. <laughs> Calm down, you know. Like, um, brings her own seatbelts, you know, like wearing headgear. It's like, calm down. Um, So that's my mom. And so I, I, my dad is the opposite. My dad is, my dad is, is, I mean, he's not crazy, but my, but my dad is, he's not, he's not like my mom. So he, he leads my mom, uh, I think well, but you know, she's just so fearful um, and risk averse. And my dad is, is just, you know, he's like a, you know, alpha dude. He's just like, you know, so and he's, never, he's always encouraged us to, you know, go and break some bones kind of dad. You know what I mean? Like, take some risks, do some crazy stuff, you know? Like, um, my brother is like my dad. My brother is William Wallace. He's always got, you know, his face half painted blue, ready to, to pull a brave heart. Um, he's, he's, he's crazy. My brother was always the first guy to jump off of a bridge into a, into a body of water. I'm the guy that's, like, swimming down in the water, checking to see if there's any rocks. Do you know what I mean? Just checking, checking the surroundings, right? Gabe's, so I'll be checking and then Gabe, you know, like that's my brother. I remember um, one time in Bible college in Oregon, uh, my brother jumping off like an 80 foot bridge and it was, there was a a sign that said no jumping off the bridge. And it was like a, a, it was like a, a a local ordinance. And the local kids told us that if you got caught by the cops, they'd send you to suicide school. It was that high. And my brother jumped off. And I remember like watching him jump off and just thinking, you know, I'm going to have to get the Canadian flag and wrap his body in it and put it <laughs> on an airplane and send him home to my mom. So living with Gabe has just been so much anxiety. <laughs> right, like even, even today. So he's actually, he's moving from New York City to, to Nashville, where I live, tomorrow. And I'm anxious about it because I'm going to have to deal with, you know, <laughs> He's he's a he's a wild card, you know, like even, even if you go out and you eat, he's always talking so loud about Trump or just just things that you shouldn't talk about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Loudly. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you're you're here and I need you to be here. And I just I never know. And then he's he's the kind of person that like he he interacts with with, with the weight staff. You know, and I just never know where it's gonna go, and so I'm, I just get anxiety being around him, and it's been like that since we were kids. Gabe is battle born, right? And he and he he loves picking, um, he loves picking fights with giants, with cultural giants, and I love that for him. <laughs> you know, it's like that is great for you. And I, you know, you're saying everything that I'm thinking out loud, but I just, I'm just not as, I just don't have it, right? Like I have that melty heart, you know? Like, uh, you know, is the FBI tailing me kind of guy, right? <laughs> and so, but Gabe is just the absolute opposite. And, and he's got, he's, you know, just absolute and total bravery. Um, now, anxiety is the low fuel light sign that comes on, when you're barreling down the highway and you're, and you're driving, right? It's warning you. Uh, anxiety is the fear of future pain. and emo- That's how emotions are. Emotions are typically they're trying to preserve you. They're trying to help you. So a little bit of anxiety is actually good. In fact, Paul said he had daily anxiety for the church. If you don't have a little skin or worry in the game, there should be something wrong with you, right? Like, so anxiety literally is meant to protect you. And to, and to keep you, oh, low fuel, I need to go get some rest, right? Like, it's, it's, it's that thing that God put inside of you to go, you don't have the goods for this fight. So go take a nap, come back and fight. Does that make sense? Um, so, you know, let's, let, uh, you, you get the idea. You know, like, let, just go with me just for some fun. And some of you, I know that some of you homeschoolers, like, the earth is 7,000 years old. That's great. But let's pretend. Let's pretend just for a second that it's not, and let's pretend that you know. Let's pretend that like 75 million years ago, my brother and I are in a cave, right? And we're painting, you know. And Gabe's like, oh, 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 oh. and I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you know, he's like, oh, 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 oh. I'm just speaking English. You know, he's like, let's go out and, and let's let's. There, there's a saber tiger, and I want to ride it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't have our, you know, we don't translation. We don't have our spears with us. Run back to the cave. Ooh, 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 run back to the cave. And so I run back to the cave, and my brother tries to ride this saber toothed tiger, and he dies. He gets eaten, right? My anxiety saved me. Do you understand? Yeah. He followed me here, right? So sometimes I wonder if my brother is working properly. You know what I mean? Like, like you have no fear, so you should have a little bit. You have a, you should have a little bit of concern, okay? And and partially that's sort of what's happening in this story. Partially these guys are looking at the, the giants and the tigers and the bears. Oh my! And they're and they're freaking out. Well, the first part they were doing pretty good, right? They just named the the, the, the opposition. The second part then they began to catastrophize, but the, the first part. I mean, they are right. They can't do it on their own. That's true. The issue is that they're not supposed to be thinking that way. Because God has called them to the promised land. The promised land wasn't their idea. The promised land was God's idea. Hear this, hear this. Your future is not your idea. It should be God's idea. And if it's not God's idea, you should have some anxiety about it. Oh, if your life is in your hands, you should be panicking right now and, and totally catastrophize. That's reasonable. It is totally reasonable to, to be in control of your life and to be worried about it. You should be, because you know what you're made of. Hopefully, some of us are a bit too overconfident, Right? No, you should have zero confidence in the flesh, right? You should, you should be like, no, and I know that in me, there dwells no good thing. And Christians are people that go, no, I'm in the hands of God, God's called me to do this, and if God's called me to it, I can have faith for it. Right? If my future belongs to the Lord, though, it's completely different, right? Here, how does faith work? Here's a, here's a real simple primer on how faith works. I don't, I don't begin my theology on faith in Hebrews chapter 11, although I will go there. I begin my theology on faith in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And what does Romans 10 say about faith? Faith comes by hearing. Faith, firstly, faith comes. It's an external, it doesn't start with you, it starts with God. You hearing me? You hearing me? There's a huge different, differentiation there, right? Faith comes. It's it's, it's not whatever I want in my life, right? Faith comes and it comes by hearing God, right? We are people of the ear. Take a look at Abraham's life, right? God shows up to Abraham and he's 75. I, I like to remind young people that when God decided to change the world, he started with an old man who was basically dead, Come on. He didn't choose a 17-year-old. He chose a 75-year-old. In Genesis chapter 11, he rejects the people of the world. And they're they're trying to, you know, tower of Babel, trying to build up to God. And he's like, that's ridiculous. And he goes and finds a dude named Abraham who's at the end of his life. Right? He's like, okay, well, that's been nice. So I, I guess I'll just hang out now. I'm old, I'm rich, and things are sweet. And, you know, I, I got, my plans are pretty much over. And God shows up and he's like, hey, do you, you want to walk with me? I'm, I'm God, you want to walk? With me? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll walk with you, yeah. Right, like God waits till the, until we have no plans sometimes. You hearing me? And so Abraham, what, Abraham believed God and it was a counter to him for righteousness. God showed up. God was the one that had to initiate and reveal himself. Abraham didn't build up to God. God came and that's, that's always how it works. God has to come down to you in order for you to have faith. right? Let's say that I want a yacht. Okay? Um, I don't even know where to start. Let's say I want a 50-foot yacht. Okay, And I want all the bells and whistles and I want a staff to, to maintain it and a captain and he's got to wear that sweet suit and sailors and all that. It's going to be fun. Okay? And I want, it's the sleepover yacht. Is 50, is 50 a, a, a good? Go bigger. Okay, 100? Okay, yeah, now we're talking. Okay, I got 100, thank you, pastor. That's a, see, that's a pastor that cares, okay. <laughs> it's like, up, more, 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 right. Okay, so I want that yacht, right? And so I can, so all the bells and whistles. And so I can pray for a yacht. Of course I can. God is my father. There's, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. I know where gifts come from. They come from, right? they come from my dad. Right? And, and, so, and, so, and God is my father. And so I can ask my father for anything. Right? You know, when people say, oh, you know, God's not Santa Claus. I'm like, that's stupid. You should ask God. In fact, proof of adoption is that you ask God for something. It's proof that sonship has occurred. So I ask God for things. You should be able to, I'm just setting you free for a moment. Yeah. You don't, don't be materialistic either, right? Don't ask a misc, but you can ask God for things, okay? So anyways, long story short, here I am, and for whatever reason, I want a yacht, okay? So I, I'm, pray, and I'm praying a prayer of hope. It's not a prayer of faith, and I'll tell you why. Because God hasn't spoken to me that I can have a yacht. Does that make sense? You look through Hebrews chapter 11, through the hall of faith, and every single one of them got a word, right? Do you remember when Noah was working on his yacht, right? First of all, he's like, what's a yacht? God's like, right? God had to tell him to work on the yacht project, right? Okay. Oh, what is it? Well, here's the plans. Okay, cool. And he's just working on it, right? Noah got a word, and he obeyed the word. So if God speaks to you, you can have faith for what God speaks to you about. You can't have faith for what God hasn't spoken to you about. That's why we read scripture, right? We find out what promises are in the word for us, and then we build our lives around them. And that's biblical faith. Biblical faith or Christian faith isn't a leap into nothingness. It's a response to a real person's initiating word. You hearing me? So what's happening here, and the problem with the spies, is that these guys, for some reason, think that whatever happened in Egypt was because of them. And whatever's going to happen in the promised land was because of them. And that is going to obviously cause you to not only look at things in a ridiculous way, but to begin to catastrophize and, and, and panic and make horrible plans for your life. But Christians are people who are going, God, what is it that you are bringing me into? What are are your plans? Because if I knew what you wanted to bring me, it would be ridiculous. If I saw it, I'd know that it would be ridiculous. And I'm not going to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but I'm going to be transformed how? By the renewing of my mind so that I can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God, show me the, give me a little glimpse of the future. Get me excited about the purposes for my life. The callings, what's on our church, what's, what's on my life. Give me a little glimpse, God, of the, of, this, of the land that flows with milk and honey. You hear me, this is how Christians think. Stir my faith, God. This is why, this is why God answers prayers. He loves to answer prayers that give us a taste of glory divine. Right, he loves to go, th- I have something awesome for you and, and I'm confirming my word through this miracle or through this prophetic word or through this thing. Anyways, so we have this breakdown of communication or really understanding of what or who is responsible for the uh, the promised land. Let's, let's turn to Numbers 14.9, Numbers 14.9. And we read this, but this is what, this is what, Joshua uh, says here. He says, Don't don't rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The cowardice that the book of Revelation is talking about isn't people who are scared of roller coasters. Thankfully. Right? Thankfully, people who are are scared of bungee jumping aren't going into the lake of fire. Okay? Okay. The cowardice that the Book of Revelation is talking about is people who have failed to be a faithful witness to Jesus Christ. One of the major themes of the Book of Revelation is faithful witness, and right we see it from the very beginning. I mean, Jesus calls himself a faithful witness. Uh, one of the characters in the seven churches is called a faithful witness, and it's a theme of being. A fa- Are you going to worship the beast? right and you're going to cop out and you're going to worship the system and be, because you know you because you're you're scared of what it's going to cost you or are you going to be faithful to the lamb right are you going to be you know who are you going to worship you going to worship the beast or you going to worship the lamb are you going to be a faithful witness to Jesus Christ and his words or are you going to be are you going to capitulate right that's and that's the question and so that's the cow the cowards that are getting dunked are ones who have said I can't I can't handle the heat so I had to get out of the kitchen and that's what's happening here, right? Joshua is saying, look, your, your, fa- your failure to trust God's word because of what you see, because of the giants in the land, because of these intimidating factors. Well, you know, it's going to limit our church. Oh, it's going to limit my, you know, my, my economic mobility. It's going to limit this. It's going to limit that. If I, if I, if I believe the scriptures or if I, if I if, you know, the direction that God, what God has called us to as a church, if we take these stands or if we trust the Lord, then the, the, the giants are going to eat us alive, right? And so it's, a, it's an issue of this cowardice really is an issue. Of, it's rebellion. That's what it is. Don't rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land. See, when I fear, when I begin to doubt God's word, really, at times, it could it can cross into rebellion. Now, there's a difference between learning obedience and rebellion. Learning obedience is, God, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, I fail. I'm learning to be more faithful in my giving. I'm learning to be more faithful um, in my serving. I'm learning to be more faithful in my devotions. I'm learning how to read the scriptures better, right? There's, there's, there's learning obedience, and then there's rebellion where you say, no, I don't, believe that. I don't believe that, I reject God's word, and I'm gonna do things my way. That's cowardice, and look how it's rewarded in Revelation 21. We have some major challenges in the church right now around this this issue of faithful witness. Major challenges. The Bible. We we clearly know what what what, what um, murder is. We know what murder is, but we take less politically hostile positions around abortion because of the giants in the land. Come on, we, come on. We we know what the, the scriptures teach on sexual ethics, but we capitulate. And we and we we take up less politically social hostile positions. And I, I'm not saying that we need to go around and beat people over the head with the Bible either. I can't stand that stuff, right? I'm not here to say let's go and just right like no. But we, but we're Christians. We got to believe what we believe. I'm always dis- I'll be honest with you. I, I get I get really frustrated when uh, when Christians get interviewed that I that know better. And they get interviewed, you know, like on a, on a talk show or something. And they just completely fall apart on these issues. And it's like, dude, you are representing, you're supposed to be faithful to Jesus and his word. Stop apologizing. Right? And, you can, and, and, and we got to speak the truth in love. Right? Like, don't be a jerk. Don't hit people over the head with the Bible. Right? But you got to speak the truth. I trust Jesus, Mark chapter 10. I trust Jesus on my definitions of marriage. I trust him. I trust him with everything. So I I believe him, right? One of my concerns is I I believe that many of our young people have become cowards. And I I love our youth. I love our young people, but it's really hard for them because social media is so satanic. Right? And it's absolutely poison. Do not let your teens on online, please. All of a sudden I'm like the, the teens are like, never bring him back. Never bring him back. <laughs> TikTok is literally the like an open sewer. Right? And, and the, the challenge for a teen is, you know, they want to be liked and there's all this garbage. And so what they look for, because they want to be the empathetic hero, you know, that validates everybody's lifestyles. And, and, and there's been no spiritual formation. And you're just letting them too, out too early. And so they, they, they'll cower then to brands of Christianity that deny the faith. Right and, and and like I, I got all, I got I have all the time in the world for them because I love them and and I and we we're all we've all been Peter we've all denied Jesus we all make mistakes and, God, and God's so faithful to you know do you love me do you love me do you love me and he always brings us back okay so there's hope okay um, but this is the, these are the major challenges they don't they shouldn't be fighting these battles at 13 14 15 years old right. It's, it's, it's hard for them. I, I, I feel sorry for them. I'm glad I didn't grow up with a phone. My God. Can you imagine? Oh, I would have been public offender number one. I'd be, the, I'd be horrible with a phone at the age of 13. I would have been in jail. My God. So we have these challenges as a church. Will we be a faithful witness? Um, here's one for the adults, picking on the kids. Hey, we know what the scriptures say about the church. We know what the scriptures say about trusting God with our money and our giving and our finances. I mean, Jesus, you know, has to spell it out for us. Um, you know, in Matthew 6, you know, God is, is he's taking care of the grass. It's funny. Jesus literally has to go, calm 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 down calm down calm down i take care of grass right it's it's meant to go you're going to be okay trust but, but but we have these ideas where if i seek first the kingdom and its righteousness right and i and i put god first then then i'm going to come last and that is a lie That is a lie from the enemy. The devil wants you to believe that if you put God first in your finances, you will come last and you'll suffer. That is a a demonic lie. No. And I'll tell you right now, the reason why he wants you to believe that and to act that out is because he doesn't want you to be a part of the kingdom purposes of God in your generation. He doesn't want the church to go forward. Right, he, Satan is scared of believers who are like, "We're building the church, yeah. right? Why are we building the church? Because Jesus is building His church." Well, we we know, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but but we 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 chicken out, right? And and sometimes it can cross over into rebellion, where we're like, "Oh, you know, churches are just after your money, and I don't even believe in in tithing and giving, and you know, and." Da 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 da. That's rebellion talking. You hearing me? And no doubt that there's abuses that have happened in the, in the American church with finances. No doubt we've all seen it. Come on, right? We've all seen it. We've all seen it happen. And and yes, maybe the pastor didn't pick the color of of you know the the carpet that you wanted. But it's like you know that's not a reason to get your nose bent at a joint either. <laughs> I'm getting too practical. That's what's happening here. Come on, I'm preaching to myself here. Right? I get I get particular about the place that I'm giving, et cetera. But you, come on, you gotta hear me though. We can't let that get in the way of, no, I am gonna be a cheerful giver. And not only am I gonna be a giver, I'm gonna be a, 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 a wacko giver. Cheerful. Right? Just to shame the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I gotta get this crazy smile. Like... when I give, right? Because I so trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I'm believing that as I give, he will provide seed to the sower and I'm gonna be a sower. So if he can get it through me, he's gonna get it to me. That's happening. And I'm gonna live a life of, of, of abundance and supply because God is my provider, right? And I don't give to a church, I'm giving to Jesus. Right? You get this revelation, and then you become pretty dangerous. right? And then miracles begin to happen. And we become that purpose-driven people that begin to take the promised land. Instead of being these fearful catastrophizers. All right, uh, uh, Numbers 13, 16. Numbers 13, 16. These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Mo- Moses, just before Moses goes out on the 40-day uh, camping trip, God changes—sorry, uh, Moses changes his name from Hosea to Joshua. Hosea means I save or he saves. And Joshua means Yahweh saves, Yeshua. It means Yahweh saves, right? So think of it. He's going on this new camping trip. It's to spy out the land. And his name used to be I save, right? It's all on me. And now his new name is Yeshua Saves, Yahweh Saves. And so every time somebody called, hey, hey, Yeshua, uh, can you go get some, 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 some wood for the fire? You know, he's like, Yeshua, sure. oh yeah, that's my name. Right, yes, Yahweh Saves, that's right. Right? And they just go, hey, yo, Yeshua, hey, Lazy Bones, uh, do you mind uh, packing up the tent over here? Yeshua, oh yeah, that's my name. Yes, Yahweh Saves. So as he's seeing all of the difficulties and the challenges, he has this fresh reminder, Yahweh Saves. See, Hosea sees the giants and he pees in his pants a little bit, right? Because Hosea is thinking, I save, it's on me, right? But, but Yeshua knows that he's called to God's purposes. And if it's God's purposes, God's the one that's going to give it to us, right? God, if I'm, if I'm serving you and my life is caught up in kingdom things, then God, you're going to take care of it. Right? I'm a part of I'm part of Kingdom Purposes and so God your hand you know your eyes on the sparrow your eye is definitely you got two eyes on me. Yeah. You hearing me. Come on, thank you Lord for two eyes on me. and so you're you're seeing and so you know he sees the the Nephilim and Hosea, you know, he he freaks out. He starts vomiting. He's like panicking. You know, mom, spaghetti, you know, <laughs> rapping doing this m M&M and thing. But then um Hosh- uh, Yeshua sees the Nephilim and he's, he, he, his, his imagination begins to run wild with what God will do. You see, every time that those, those 10 spies catastrophized, Joshua matched it with his own uh, hyperbole, the hyperbole of faith. Faith has a hyperbole, right? The land with milk and honey. That's the hyperbole of faith, right? You need to stir up your prophetic imagination over the things that God has called you to, right? You need need to say, this is insane. It's gonna be sick. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be ridiculous. It flows with milk and honey. It's fully loaded. Our future is fully loaded in Jesus' name. You hearing me, right? Faith has a sound. It has a hyperbole. You just got to make sure it's faith. That is, you got that word from the Lord. It's not just you, right? Important little distinction that we made. Okay. It is true. Amen. Um, Just, these are my notes, by the way. I'm a phone generation. It's ridiculous, isn't it? What What happened to the preachers with their paper notes? I know. I'm sorry. My dad, my dad is the paper guy. Hosea, when he sees, you know, the, the, the do you remember, let's go to that, 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 that scripture verse. I believe it's the next one on there, not, Numbers 13, 32. Do you remember, they, said they brought the report, the report, the bad report, and they said the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Remember they said that? It devours its inhabitants. Have you ever catastrophized over your own life? Of course you have. You know, usually happens at night. Right? You're, you know, for whatever reason, I have all of the terrible thoughts about my life at night. Right? Are you the same way when you're in your bed? You know, you're just before the pillow, and you're just like, what if my house burns down? You know what I mean? What if what if the dollar becomes worth nothing? I should have bought crypto. You know what I mean? Like, and you just, you start panicking, right? And You start thinking crazy thoughts. And this is what's happening here. The land through which you know the land it devours its inhabitants that's like saying we we saw my, my future has sharks with laser beams in it All right i'm going to go to the beach this this week and imagine me looking around for sharks with laser beams on their foreheads it's like nathan there's no sharks with laser beams in the gulf of mexico not yet anyways you know, it's it's a it's a ridiculous thing to say about your future. There's going to be sharks with laser beams, and there's going to be a Shark NATO that spits out the sharks with laser beams. Oh, we're all going to be scared. Come on, we've all been there. There's, there's, Pastor, you don't understand. There's sharks with laser beams in our future oh, the church is going to, this is going to happen to us, and this is going to happen to us, and this is going to happen. If we try to expand, if we try to do this, if we try to do that, bad things are going to happen. Shark night, oh, sharks with lands are mean. No, no, it's an exceedingly good land. The Lord delights in us. God is with us. It's his idea. The church is Jesus' idea. He's building it. And the gates of hell will not stand against it. And we're going to stand with Jesus and we're going to build the church. That's happening. Come hell or high water, we're going to be faithful witnesses that stick to the word of God and build the church. Come on. And it's going to be good days. God's going to bring people home. No, yes, gross darkness will cover the earth, but Jesus isn't coming back for a weak, anemic bride. He's coming back for a beautiful and sparkling... Right, Come on, he's coming back for a Grace Kelly bride. She's not there yet, but she's on the treadmill. Come on, the church is, Jesus is working on the church. You know, some of us, I'm going to end with this. Some of us are terrified of the future. And there, I, have, I have my moments, you know, where, because, because when you're a coward, the first thing that runs away is your imagination. And so you you have these moments of catastrophization, and you have to just begin to confess the promises of God over your life, the promises of God over your family, promises of God over your church, right? That's and it's the confession of faith, right? Because because I know the scriptures, and so the scriptures will inform my feelings and 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 my my my, my voice, right? So, um, so for example. Um, what should I be in investing in in this time? Just re- got, let's get really practical. There it is. Right. If if Warren Buffett and Elon Musk made a money move, let's say they transferred 50% of their portfolio into one stock, would you consider doing so? Oh, here, oh, here's a better one. What if Nancy Pelosi put all of her money into one stock? <laughs> right? Would you not consider investing into whatever she's up to, right? If, if all of a sudden, you know, like you see on unusual, you know, wherever, you know, unusual whales is the account that I follow for all the insider trading stuff, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you know, and her husband, Paul, they move 100% of their stock, 100% of their portfolio into this one thing, whatever. I'm like, I'm, I'm probably going to put, yeah, I'm going to probably put maybe 25, 50. I don't know. I'm going to probably, I'm going to move something. You hearing me? Jesus is all in on the church. He's all in on the church. And and the future is Jesus. And he knows the future. It's a, it's, it is a solid bet. It's the best bet that you could ever ever do. And Jesus said this, and you know, Jesus is like begging us. I love that when, when Jesus appeals to our greed, you know what I mean? He does. He does. Remember he's saying, lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. That is an appeal to our greed. Like in the best way, right? He's like, I want you to have treasure. Yo, heaven isn't communist China. We don't all start with the same bank account. Are you aware of that? We all get in equally, but there's some people who they've been investing in the kingdom things. They're going to be they're going to be sitting pretty 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 high up on the hog over there. You hear me? Come on. Read the New Testament. Jesus talks about money and investing more than anything else. And so he's saying, "Hey, don't invest where it's just going to be gone." Now, that doesn't mean that we don't take care of our kids and we don't take care of our homes and our generational wealth. That's all good stuff, you know. But what I'm saying is if you're looking for a sure thing, the, the church is it. Yep, man. Come on. It's the, Jesus is building his church. You can have faith for that. You can have faith. God, what is, what is that thing? And so obviously, you know, the church has many expressions throughout the world. But the local church being, the local church is, it is the local expression of the bride of Christ. Right? It's the hands and it's the feet of Jesus. Why don't you stand with me? Father, we thank you today for your word. Father, we thank you for Thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family and being a part of the body of of Christ. And Father, I thank you. um, Thank you that faith, how that faith works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so Lord, we received the scriptures tonight. We're all at different places and we all needed, and and I, I think we all heard something different tonight. Isn't that funny how that works? We all heard, because we all needed to hear something a little bit different tonight. We're in these different places. But God, I just ask you that your word would just not return void. It would, it would be powerful. Um, Holy Spirit, convict us. Um, Holy Spirit, stir up a, a, a fire in us. Um, God, I ask you where there's places where we've been cowards, that we, there would be true repentance. The most beautiful word in the Bible, repentance, meaning that we can change. God, that we would be lions, men with faces like lions, people of destiny, people that know their God and display action, people that are secure in the word of God and walking in the promises of God, the goodness of God. Father, thank you that Jesus knows the future and holds the future. And so, Lord, we just, we, we allow that that word to just kind of like a gentle breeze on a hot, hot summer day just to kind of refresh us and reset us. Lord, to thank you that we can trust you. Lord, thank you for your providence. Thank you for your sovereignty. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are going to take care of us. God, thank you that we are attached to kingdom purposes. Lord, I do thank you that you provide seed to every sower. If that's you tonight, it's just a word. I don't know, just the money thing just kept on coming up tonight, but maybe you've had some concerns and you're just like, I don't know what the economy is going to look like. I don't know what to do. I just really believe the Lord's just saying tonight, you know, God's going to take care of you. So you just continue to put the kingdom first. Seek first the kingdom, its righteousness, and all these things, all these things, because God knows that you need all the things. (laughs) Lord, thank you that you understand us, and thank you that you know what we need, even before we ask. And so, Lord, we just lift our lives to you. You know the future, and thank you that you're going to be good to us. Thank you, Lord, that we get to partake in the purposes of God. Thank you that we get to be partners in the great harvest to come, the harvest that is happening and the harvest that is coming in Jesus' name. And Father, I just speak peace, peace over every heart, peace over every mind, peace over those internal storms, peace over us as we toss and turn on our beds in our doubt. Wondering where you're, wondering if we're going to be okay. Father, we thank you for the peace of God right now that surpasses our understanding and that guards our, our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Right now, just the peace of God. And Lord, we ask you that faith, that next level, would just begin to rise up in us. We begin to rise up in us, knowing the Word of God. We can have faith for it. Knowing what is revealed in Scripture, we can have faith for it. Knowing what you've called us to, because we are people that know the word of God. We've been transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, that faith would begin to bubble out of us, even in the in our words, as we begin that we begin to rebuke catastrophization when it when it manifests itself. That we begin to rebuke fear as it begins to manifest itself. And things come out of us, you know, strange negotiations in our head as we're laying on our beds. God, that we begin to just be guided prophetically and Lord I, I pray that that prophetic imagination would begin to be stirred in my brothers and sisters tonight God Lord prophetic and uh, a prophetic imagination that 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 conceives strategies that conceives uh, God ideas good ideas uh, strategies from heaven God even very practical things God you speak you speak to your people you give us prophetic dreams and visions and and God I believe that in the coming days those things are going to begin to there's going to be more and more. And you're going to release more dreams. Maybe some of you never had a prophetic dream, and I believe that God this week wants to release some prophetic dreams over your life. Just begin to maybe. And maybe it'll be a dream that encourages you. Maybe it'll be a dream that warns you. Some, but but it'll be God communication and, and just be a sign that God is going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to take care of you. And as you stay grounded and solid in the, the in the church and in the Word of God you're going to be okay. Yeah. Father, we thank you for, for, for confirmations. Any, if there's anybody here tonight and, and you have really, uh, maybe this word has kind of been ringing a bell for you and you've been really struggling with that catastrophization on your bed at night, just lift your hands to the Lord. So that's me. And, and I, yep, that's me. You have my number. The Holy Spirit knows you, knows you. The Holy Spirit sees it. He sees the tears. He sees the worries. He sees the concerns. God knows every tear you've ever cried, and He keeps them in a bottle. He's, he's looking at them right now. And the word to you is peace. Peace, be still. I love you. I've got you. I hear your. Prayer. Continue to pray. Continue to you know pray. But God, I just thank you for the uh, faith that would just begin to rise up. I mean, that we we'd find a way to trust you. Lord, let your word just come to us and flow to us in those moments. Father, we thank you that you give your people, you give your children rest. Father, I thank you for sweet sleep that you give to us. I believe the Lord is gonna give, there's some men here tonight that God is gonna give some, some, prophetic strategy to in the, in like the next 12 months, Um, you know, for your business, but even for others, just going to give you a word, There's some, some words of wisdom that God will impart to you. And you're going to be kind of like a prophetic Joseph in your community where you're going to be able to to really help some people and save some people, Um, you know, because God loves his church. He loves his people. Um, And so father, we thank you for that. We thank you for strategy from heaven. We thank you for wisdom from heaven. And we thank you, God, um, for your supply, for the miracle supply. Um, And we thank you that there will be grain in the house of God in the days where there is none. We thank you that there will be salvation in the house of God in the days when there is none. Father, we thank you that your house will be a refuge. Lord, I thank you for a a, a place of refuge and a place... uh, for the community where people come, and people are fed, and people are clothed, people are sheltered, and destinies and lives are completely and totally altered in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for favor in the community for this church, in Jesus' name. Favor over every business, favor over every worker, favor over this church. Father, we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed this message from the church conference hosted by Fivefold International. To learn more, you can visit the website at fivefoldinternational.org. Make sure to check out the entire series of teachings from the church conference on the Destiny Church 217 podcast.